Hello everyone and welcome to Fatal Female Fridays. My name is Ashley. And I'm Alexa. And this is Fatal Female Friday. So today our case is going to be on Belle Gunness. The hint for today is don't lose your head. So what do you think that's about? Somebody's going to lose their head. Yes. Shing! Gone. Possibly. Possibly. Well, let's find out. Belle Gunness was born Breinhold Paulsdatter Sorset on November 11th of 1859 in Selbo, uh, Norway. She immigrated to the United States in 1881. Three years later, she Americanized her name to Belle or Bella and settled in Chicago. At age 25 in 1884, she married Mad Sorensen. The couple opened a candy shop in 1896. Sadly, the business was wiped out by fire in 1897. Bell explained that a carotene lamp exploded. Although no lamp was found at the wreckage, the insurance company paid off the policy. The couple used the money to buy a home. However, a fire destroyed the house. So what do you think about that so far? So she's a pyromaniac. You think she's a pyromaniac? Is that the word, pyromaniac? Yeah, pyromaniac is a person who like sets fires and they get excited over fire. So yeah. you think she's a pyromaniac? Well, it sounds like the insurance company didn't care. They're like, oh, there's no lamp. That's okay. Here's a here's hundred dollars. Buy a new house. Uh, essentially, they got a second house that too burned down. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the microphone picked up my sigh because I sighed very hard. Yes, um, I think it picked up your sigh. <laughs> um, as if that wasn't bad, it, as if that wasn't enough bad luck, family members started to die. Caroline, the oldest child, died in 1896. Two years later, Belle's son Axel died. Both children were diagnosed with acute colitis. Acute colitis is an inflammatory reaction in the colon, often autoimmune or infectious. According to the Mayo Clinic, sign and symptoms include diarrhea, often with blood or pus, abdomen pain and cramping, rectal pain, rectal bleeding, passing small amounts of blood with stool, urgency to defecate, inability to defecate despite urgency, weight loss, fatigue, fever, and in children, failure to grow. These signs are also similar to that of arsenic poisoning. So what are your thoughts? I mean, it's sad. Like, if you see it from an outsider point, you're like, dang, they're like, they lost two houses in a row, and now both their kids are gone. And the candy shop. Yeah, it's like, this is so tragic. But then, like, at the end, it's like, all, like, all this is related to also arsenic poisoning. It's like... Pyromaniac. Pyromaniac. Okay. So. Can't kill it all by 
<laughs> Are you really singing this girl's on fire? We're talking about a serial killer. <laughs> All right. All right. Now you do you. You do you. In July of 1900, her husband Mads died at home. Belle admitted to giving her husband a powder to help cure his cold. With Mads under treatment for an enlarged heart, his death was ruled due to natural causes. His family demanded an inquiry. However, the family physician did not order an autopsy. He died on the day that his two life insurances overlapped. So that means she got double pay? Exactly. She got payment from two different insurances. Because um, in regards to life insurance, um, usually they try to make it now so they, they don't overlap. But um, what happens is, like, let's say your insurance is up until January 31st. Then February 1st, your other, your new insurance is supposed to start. Mm -hmm. But here's the fun part, because I read this up. The day he died was the only day that they overlapped. So they did overlap, but it was one day. And conveniently, he died on the one day that they both overlapped. So she got paid double. And they said it was because he had uh, an, an enlarged, enlarged heart. An enlarged heart. So they believed that it was natural causes at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, then. So, Bell collected the insurance money and moved from Chicago to LaPorte, Indiana. Bell was awarded $8,500, which is approximately $240,000 today. Sheesh. Yeah. That girl be, um, be blinging. Okay, so at the time, she had three children with her, her biological daughters, Myrtle and Lucy, and a foster daughter, Jenny Olson. Now, Jenny was given to Belle because her parents were tired of dealing with her. So wait, who's her parents? Who's Jenny's real parents then? Uh, I couldn't find anything in the reports to but say- But she's just a foster kid. Yeah, she's essentially mm -hmm. a foster kid or adoptive child to, to Belle. And her parents were just like, we're tired of dealing with you, Belle, take her. That's sad. Which, yeah, that's sad. Because, um, like, I try to think of a way to say it more gracefully, but, I mean, that's essentially the gist. Like, they're just tired of dealing with her. Wait, where'd she move to? From Chicago to where? Chicago to LaPorte, Indi Indiana. Nobody knows what goes on in Indiana. Indiana's it an unknown state that no one cares about. So for those who are our listeners from Indiana, um, I do not agree with my sister, Alexa. Well, what, what goes on in Indiana? Don't they have, like, I don't know, football or something? Do they? I know there's the University of Indiana. IUP? Yes. Indiana University of Pennsylvania? Oh, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what goes on in Indiana, <laughs> but I assure you something goes on in Indiana. Yeah, serial killers, apparently. So, Indi so people... <laughs> So people from Indiana, if you could write in the comment section what happens in Indiana to educate this this uncultured swine known as my sister Alexa, let us know. Um, next, in April of 1902, Belle married Peter Gunnis. The marriage lasted eight months because he too died. According to Belle, in December of 1902, a heavy sausage grinder fell from a shelf and fractured his skull. Bell received $3,000, which is approximately $81,000 today. Jenny, Bell's foster daughter, stated to a classmate, My mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Well, 
obviously she told somebody. Somebody told someone somewhere. I just feel, I just find that kind of, kind of creepy, but kind of comical that she's like, oh, well, my mom murdered my dad. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like, Miss Teacher. <laughs> teacher. Um, my, uh, my friend Jenny said that her mom killed her dad and her dad's dead. So, uh, y'all might want to investigate this shit. <laughs> Widowed for a second time. Belle only had herself and children to take care of the farm, so she decided to hire people to assist her in the farm. She started placing a Lonely Hearts ad in the newspaper to get new prospective husbands. Several middle-aged men contacted Belle. Belle would go out for carriage rides, and she would wear the finest clothing and hair that was the latest style at the time. Sadly, none of them measured up to her standard, or were ever seen again. Well, obviously she's a top freaking fashion because she got checks. She got three, she got two life insurance policies from her first husband and one from her second husband. Mrs. And, she, and, she, and from the and from the burned candy shop. Yeah, like she's racking in the money. And from the two houses that burned down. Yeah. Like she's, yes. She's rolling in the dough. So I didn't put this in the script, but question, do you want me to read the, the Lonely Hearts ad that she had? Because I haven't. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Okay, girl, because I got the Lonely Hearts ad. So the personal said, Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with views of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Trifler's no triflers need not apply so in other words if you're a jokester or something kick rocks yeah i mean that's like that is today the tinder is a modern age right. version of this yeah essentially it's like on whenever you're on a dating site and they're that's like what that's her bio yeah pretty much that's her bio saying like we don't, I don't want any pranks. Like, I want a serious relationship. And she's like, I have money, so you better bring your money too so we can join forces and create the ultimate money. Right, exactly. Uh, 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 uh. So, one of the men who answered the ad was Andrew Hagelian. After he went missing, his brother became suspicious of Bell. Andrew and Bell exchanged many letters on January 13th of 1908, he received a letter from Bell that gave him such joy. It states, quote, To the dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be, and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It doesn't, it does not take one long to tell when a, what, what, in other words, it does not take one long to tell when to like a person and you, I like better than anyone in the world. I know. Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You, the sweetest man in the world, we will be all alone with each other 
Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly when I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of my dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song. It is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture of you. My Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. Okay. That was just so fake. I'm like, yeah. So you think it's 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 fakery? <laughs> wait, so the, wait, the brother read this letter and he's like, and he got worried from reading this letter or no? No, 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 no. Um, no. Um, just Andrew and Belle were exchanging letters because back in that their days they didn't have like email and text, obviously. So they just sent each other's letters. And uh, Andrew got that letter and he was like, oh, I'm gonna marry this girl. Why? Because they were in love, Alexa. <laughs> My dearest love. My dearest friend in the world. Like, ew. Okay. Well, well, clearly you haven't ever been in love, but some people are like, oh, that's sweet. Like, if a guy sent me a letter, I would be like, oh, that's sweet. I wouldn't think, oh, he's a serial killer trying to steal my money. It's a no for me. It's a no for you? Okay. Pass. What um, is it? Swipe left? Yeah, we're swiping left on her. Okay. <laughs> Like she's a tryhard. Well, we were going to swipe left on her anyways because we were heterosexual, but, you know. Andrew came to Bell with a $2,900 check and his savings. Bell deposited the check at the savings bank in Laporte. Around this time, she hired a farmhand called Ray Lampshire. Now, there is speculation that Ray was in love with Bell also. Apparently... Bell fired him on February 3rd of 1908 because he caused a scene in front of Andrew. However, a few days later, Andrew was gone. Bell appeared at the bank to make an additional $1,200 deposit. So Andrew's gone and now she has, mysteriously, she's depositing this large amount of money. That is correct. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good? Yep. Nothing out of the blue. All right, Belle went to the courthouse and remember how we were talking about Ray? So Belle went to the courthouse and told the court that she believed Ray was insane and a menace to society. During his sanity hearing, he was pronounced sane and was released. Now Belle complained to the sheriff that Ray visited her farm and was arguing with her. Ray was arrested for trespassing Despite that, he continued to visit the farm on many occasions. He confided in a neighbor once stating uh, that Andrew won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps. Wait, Ray said that to a neighbor? Yep. Who the hell is Ray? Re remember, Ray was the farmhand that she hired and then she fired because he made a scene in front of Andrew. So now he killed Andrew? All right. <laughs> I can't tell you. You need to wait for the rest of it. Just wait for the rest of it. Because tr trust me, towards the end, there's going to be a crazy twist that even I didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. So Andrew's brother, Eisel, worried that his brother didn't return home. Eisel wrote to Bell asking where his brother was. Now, Bell wrote back that he wasn't with her and probably went to Norway to visit his relatives. Now, Eisel wrote back stating that he didn't believe her. So, Bell had the audacity 
to write that if Isle wanted to, she would conduct a search, but if she was involved, Isle should pay her to find her missing fiance. <laughs> okay, so you guys can't see, but the look on my sister's face is just pure disgust. Because he said, she's, he said, where's my brother at? And she said, I don't know. Maybe in Norway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she had the audacity to write back. Like, why would, okay. I'm, my brain's not working. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I... explain the end part. She would conduct the search, but if it was she was involved, he should pay her. Right. So she's saying, oh. Oh, if he thinks that she did it, then he should pay? No, no. She's saying that if you want me to search for Andrew, like if you want me to like pay, do a search and whatnot, you need to pay me to search for him because I'm not searching for him. So she's saying pay me to search for him. But that was her dearest love. Why isn't she going to look for her dearest? The one closest to her heart. That's why it's called Fatal Female Fridays, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Belle went to... Wait, an... hold on. Pause, pause. Okay, pause. Pause. Um, so they're writing letters. Yes. And the letters don't go every day. So it's not like you're sending a letter and you're, you're getting it tomorrow. Correct. So Andrew's been gone. Andrew's been gone for like a month now by the time they're writing letters back and forth. Probably. Okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> Belle went to an attorney claiming that she wants a will because Ray, Ray's back, Ray threatened <laughs> to kill her and burn the house down. The will was created and completed, leaving her estate to her children. She never went to the police, though, about Ray's threats. Oh, burn her house down? Yes. Like her other two houses burned down? Yeah. And her candy shop burned down? And her kids have colitis, which is related to a kerosene poison? A kerosene lamp being exploding. Yep. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. He's burning and, stuff and, down. And now. the meat cleaver fell down. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of coincidences are happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, another man was named John Moe. Now he had brought with him more than one thousand dollars to help Bell pay off her mortgage, according to what his neighbors stated. He was never seen again. George Anderson also was going to pay off Bell's mortgage on the condition that they get married. Now this is the scary part. This is one of scary parts. So late one night, he claimed that he was in the guest room and Belle looked down at him with piercing eyes. He said that her face looked so murderous and sinister that he yelled and she ran from the room. He says he believed that Belle was going to kill him. So he jumped out of bed threw on his clothes and ran away from Bell's home and caught the first train to Missouri. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why is that funny? I'm sorry. He never came back for his belongings or spoke to Bell again. So he literally like Scooby-Doo the fuck out of there. He just jumped out, got but, on his clothes, got to Missouri, and just never came back for his belongings. I feel like something else had to happen, because you can't be like, oh, she looked at me a certain way, and I thought she was going to murder me. I mean, some people have, like, intuition. Do like, you think I'm going to kill you because I looked at you like that? I'm not saying that, but, like, <laughs> some people, if they get, like, a weird feeling about someone, they they don't want to be around them. Like, Yep, you catch the first train in Missouri. I wouldn't catch the first train of Missouri, but I wouldn't be around the person. For example, Missouri. I remember whenever I was. Wait, 
What? Missouri. Missouri, yes. What about Missouri? I think it's Missouri. No, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, because like I remember one time whenever I was in college, I had this weird feeling about this guy and like there was not like he didn't do anything to me, but I had a weird feeling about him. And then I find out like a year later that he was um, flirting and asking for nude pictures from underage boys. So I'm saying it might just be his intuition being like something's off with her and I'm scared and I want to, I want to dip. Okay. Right. Okay. So wait, did her mortgage get paid off or no? They didn't You're get worried about the mortgage payment <laughs> and not the fact that this guy was scared <laughs> for his life? I'm trying to make sure that Belle got her check. <laughs> well, clearly she got money. I know. That's why I was like, why did... Why does she marry this man to pay her mortgage whenever she clearly has enough money to buy a house? Because she wants more money. She should have killed him. Why was she looking at him? She should have just killed him. Well, he screamed and then she got scared and she ran <laughs> off and then he put his clothes on and he left. Did you not listen to what I just she said? said? And then she, she ran. And she, he, said, he said, I'm buying the first ticket to Missouri. He, says, he said, I'm going to Bugs Bunny the fuck out of here. That's what he said. That's funny. Or maybe he did the road runner and he, and he went meep meep and then just ran real, <laughs> real fast. Okay. He didn't come back for stuff. No, he didn't. He left. <laughs> like, did you not listen to what I said? He left, Alexa. He was scared. Another guy, Ole Goldsberg, Goonsberg, sorry, was last seen alive at the Laporte Savings Bank on April 6th of 1907. When his sons found out that he was going to visit Belle, they wrote to her after he went missing, and she claims she's never seen him. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Belle hired another man, another farmhand, called Joe Maxson to help with the farm. On April 28th of 1908, Maxson awoke to the smell of smoke in his room. He called for Belle and the kids to no response. He jumped from the second story window and ran to get help. By the time help arrived, the Gunnis farmhouse was in ruins. Digging through the remains of the fire was four bodies. Three were the children and there was one that was strange. It was clearly a woman, but it was a headless corpse. The local sheriff arrested Ray Lamp Lampshire. Lamp was employed by Bell from 1906 to 1908. He was being charged with arson and murder. She's crazy. She's crazy? Yeah, it's her. A headless corpse. Well, where is she at? Did they identify that it was her for sure? No, they did not. It's just a headless corpse. It's just headless. Right. Oh, there's a part that I forgot to read to you before. So, Belle gave birth, um, whenever she was married to Peter Gunnis and after he died, Belle gave birth to a son named Philip Gunnis. Three years later, Jenny mysteriously vanished. When neighbors asked where she was, Belle stated that she sent Jenny to a finishing school in California. Now she's killing kids. Now she's killing kids. This woman... She does. She has to be stopped. She's doing the most. Yeah, no. Ray, I hope Ray did kill her now. Ray. Yes, Ray. I hope Ray did it. Ray. Ray Ray's fighting for the rights. Well, I guess not, because all the kids are dead now. Well, 
Anyways, things then got more complicated. In May 5th of 1908, even more bodies were found around the Gunnis Ranch. They were dismembered, wrapped in gunny sacks, doused in lye. The number of bodies is disputed. The coroner's report that there were 10 men, two female, and an unspecified amount of human bone fragments. Bell's romantic interests were buried together in a hog pen. The women were planted under a garden patch. Six victims were positively identified. One of them was Jenny. She was buried next to an un unidentified Jane Doe. The other known victims were Eric Gerhold, Olaf Lumblum, John Moe, and Old Busberg. So they're finding the old husbands and the foster child and then other people. Yeah, so they're going around the ranch and she because essentially she killed them and she buried them around the ranch and now they're Well did like, she do it or did Ray do it? Yeah, exactly. Ray. Ray, answer me. Well, none of them can answer you because this was in, like, the early 1900s, so they're all dead now, I'm you, assuming. You know the part in Rocky when he runs up the stairs in Philadelphia, he's like, Adrian! That's me with Ray. Ray! Oh, God, please. Okay, so, a search for the head of the headless woman was futile. What was found was Belle's dental bridge and a complete anchor teeth attached on May 20th, the coroner declared Bell Gunness has died at the hands of a person's unknown. So that's what they're saying. So they're like, we can't find the head, but we found Bell's like dental bridge. Yeah. So we think it's Bell. Okay. So do you think it's Bell? I mean, yeah, because it's not Ray's hella sus. You think Ray's hella sus? Yeah, where's he at? Well, right now he's in police custody because yeah, they... but yeah, she told she told the police about Ray. They said he ain't he ain't sane, and they said, "Well, he is sane, and we're gonna let him back out." He's a menace to society. That's what she said. She, yeah, she did say he was a menace to society. And now look at him. And now look at him. Go ahead. Okay, so Ray claimed that Bell was still alive. He explained after she set the house on fire, he drove her to the railway station in Stillwell, Indiana. The jury trial was set for November of 1908. In the end. Ray was found guilty of arson, but acquitted of murder. On November 26 of 1908, he was sentenced to 2 to 21 years in the state prison in Chicago City, Indiana. Behind bars, Ray claimed Bell murdered 49 people and got more than $100,000 from her victims. It is estimated that she got around the amount of $6.7 million by today's money standards. I think Ray's a liar, so I don't believe anything he says. You don't believe anything Ray says? Yeah. Well, what? Well, remember... Screw the patriarchy. Okay. Well, my thing is, a lot of stuff happened before Ray. I don't care. So you think Ray did all that stuff too? I think they were in it together. You think they were in it together? But then Ray is just crazy. There's something wrong with him. My what? intuition's telling me that Ray deserves more. Ray deserves more? Yeah, because she got $6.7 million and she didn't give him any money. He just works for her at the ranch. Well, actually, so... Just keep reading. Him. Okay. So, 
So she was supposed to get in touch with him after she settled in her new location, but that never happened. <laughs> you want to know why? Because he killed her. <laughs> Before he died, he made a confession to the Reverend. According to the Reverend, Ray admitted to helping Bell bury the bodies, but he didn't murder anyone. He died of tuberculosis on December 30th of 1909. Just misdemeanors. So my thing is, do you think that he has a kernel of truth? Do you think that he helped her bury the bodies yeah. and he didn't kill anyone? No, he killed people. You think he killed people? Yeah, he did it. Okay. Yeah. All right then. That's why I'm not a judge, because I'd be like, you did it, you're done. <laughs> well, Go there's more to this story. Mm -hmm. So police arrested Flora Heron thinking that she was Belle. She was trying to make it to New York City to visit her family. Now, due to the police's incompetence, she made a lawsuit charging the police with false arrest. Who the hell is this? Oh, they arrested the wrong person. They thought she was Belle. Right. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I would sue the police, too. So, yeah. So, she, so what happened was they're like, we don't know if Belle's alive 100%. We think that the headless woman is her but we don't know 100%. So if we see someone that looks like Belle, we're going to arrest they arrest, Why would they arrest them and not just ask, like, hey, can you come down to police custody or something? Or come down to the office? Because the police are incompetent. Well, yeah. Well, those and now ones they have are a incompetent. Yep, yep. Okay, so then, six days before the bodies were discovered, conductor Jesse Hurst stated that he saw Belle board his train in Decatur, Indi Indiana, a local farmer claimed to see Belle in Laporte drinking coffee. Belle's best friend was Almeida Hay, and she died in 1916. Now, neighbors picked through her litter and found a woman's skull between two mattresses. Though it was speculated that it might that it might belong to the headless woman found on the Gunnis Ranch, it was not pursued. Why not? Because the police are incompetent. Yeah, like what was the reason? Why wasn't it pursued? I don't know. I actually tried to look and see why and there's no information other than it wasn't pursued and nothing happened. But even if that wasn't, you would think they would at least be like, why is there a headless woman's head between mattresses? Yeah. I don't know. The the blatant incompetence. It's the blatant incompetency for me. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. So more sightings were said throughout the years. In 1917, a neighbor claimed he saw Bell admitted to South Bend Hospital. In 1931, a Los Angeles prosecutor wrote a letter to the Laporte Sheriff claiming Esther Carlson, who was being charged with murdering 81-year-old Augustus Lestrom for money, might indeed be Bell Gunnis. Esther carried photos of three children that resembled Bell's children. However, Laporte couldn't afford to send their sheriff to Los Angeles to investigate, and Esther died of tuberculosis before her trial. In 1935, a man thought a whorehouse madame was Bell. The man called the madame Bell and was surprised by her strong reaction. He was told by others to not pursue the matter, so he stopped. To this day, it is unknown if Belle survived her death. If she did, 
then she managed to escape arrest, possible conviction, and live the rest of her life in amenity. Final thoughts. Yeah, that's crazy. I think she's still out there. Well, I mean, she would be dead now because this was in like... That's why I said that. I think she would be still out there. Right, yeah. So so you think that the headless woman is in bail. You think that she got away with it. Yeah, I'm confused. Well, tell Ray to tell the truth. If he, if he wasn't a liar, we couldn't believe him. Well, here's the thing. Ray's dead of tuberculosis. Um, But Ray did say, hey, she's still alive. She's still out there. We were supposed to meet yeah, here. Yeah, but he's a liar. But she dipped on me. Yeah, but he's a liar. Why, do you, why are you so sure that he's a liar? Because my intuition told me so. Oh, okay. My cancer moon is telling me. <laughs> no, okay. but, um, yeah, that was a good story. But, oh, no, no, there's an update alert. Mm. So, on November 5th of 2007, with the permission of descendants of Bell's sister, the headless body was exhumed from the grave by a team of forensic anthropologists and graduate students from the University of Indianapolis in an effort to learn her true identity. It was initially hoped that a sealed envelope flap on a letter found at the victim's farm would contain enough DNA to be compared to that of the body. Unfortunately, there was not enough DNA, so the mystery remains Why unsolved. Why the hell would you put that in there? You, you were, got my hopes up. I was like, yeah, they're going to test to see if the body's related. And you're like, just kidding. They didn't. There's not enough DNA. You're done. Am I canceled? Yes, you're canceled. Oh, there's an update. Just kidding. I just thought that was interesting that they tried even, you know, years and years after they tried. You want to know why? Why? Because Indiana has nothing else going on. Okay, so <laughs> Indiana, um, Indiana fans, I do apologize for my sister's rude behavior. I have nothing against any of you. Clearly my sister... Doesn't oh, like. wait, yeah, they have the Indianapolis Colts, the football team. I, didn't I say that at the beginning of this? That you're like, do they have a football team? And I was like, I don't know. Not well, I'm not a football person. I know close to nothing about the NFL. Okay, well, I'm letting you know now. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you everyone for watching Fatal Female Fridays. Please share, like, subscribe, click the notification bell. Ding! That was a notification bell. And tell all your friends to watch Fatal Female Fridays. Thank you guys for watching Fatal Female Fridays. Bye. <laughs> okay, goodbye. We're done. We're done. You're, you're done. canceled. No, you're no, done. you're done. No, no, you're done. You're canceled. We're done. We're done. <laughs>